Hi, my name is Truck. Welcome to Tales from Truck City. What's your name? My name is Martin Keogh. What's your job? My job is I'm an EMS, Emergency Medical Service helicopter pilot. What's your favourite thing about being a helicopter pilot? You know, I think other than the flying, the flying's always my favourite thing, but flying and being able to help people and not knowing what you're going to do every day, whether I'm going to go help someone in the mountains or transport someone from one hospital to another... But yeah, flying is a was a hobby of mine, and being able to do that for my job now and help people is, I think, my favourite part. How many calls do you normally get a day? It varies a lot. Sometimes we'll do three or four calls in a day, which doesn't sound like much, but every call can take two to three hours at a time, depending how far away we've got to go. And other days, I may not get a call at all kind of boring those days but sometimes the weather doesn't allow us to fly um, sometimes we have maintenance on the helicopter things like that but it varies from day to day how long have you been working here uh, i've been working at flight for life just over a year and then before that i was with air life denver which is another ems operator it does the same thing i was with them for about oh, nearly eight years and then before that, I was in Durango doing EMS helicopters. So I've been doing it in the Rocky Mountains for about 12 years. Have you had any medical experience? Like, were you an EMT or a paramedic before this? Before I was this, I was a policeman in Australia. And a part of my job in Australia, I was with search and rescue and some other specialist groups, and I had some medical training down there. But I don't do any medical um, as part of my job here. I just fly the helicopter. Do you fly the pl- planes ever? Yeah, my first license was in fixed wing, so aeroplanes. I learned yeah. to originally fly in little Cessnas and Pipers and things like that, but then I eventually moved on to helicopters when I wanted to do it as a career. So you don't, do you fly um, planes for Flight for Life or no? No, no, no we, we do have aeroplanes, but uh, aeroplane pilots take care of those. So you, I just do helicopters, they just do aeroplanes, and the medical people just do the medical side of it. What's your favourite thing about the helicopters you use? Um, well, I've flown lots of different type of helicopters, probably eight, nine, ten different types. So they're all a little different. It's like driving different cars, like driving a sedan or a truck or a four-wheel drive or something like that. They're all a little bit different. Uh, This one I like is it's really good at high altitude. It's probably the best helicopter there is for high altitude, which is really important here in the Rocky Mountains. How big are the helicopters? How big are they? I'll take you up to see one shortly. Are they like like Hueys or are they like more modern helicopters? Well, these are very modern aircraft, Uh, although they have been around for a couple of decades now. They're they're still very modern. they're not quite as big as a Huey. They're bigger than a Robinson. They're probably similar to a Long Ranger or a Bell 407, so I don't know what you've seen before, but it's pretty big. It's about you know 45 feet long, about 35 feet wide at the rotor blade tip, so it gives you a little bit of an idea. What are some cool features about the helicopters? Well, the coolest feature is that this one's really good at high altitude, like I said before. That makes me feel really good when I've got to go up 
into the mountains to you know help people or uh, find people things like that yeah um, some of the other cool features um, they're all very similar there's not much difference really between helicopter to helicopter some have autopilots um, some have better navigation um, GPS's and things than other ones do these ones are very well equipped though so this has everything I need to get my job done safely how do you get us the gurney into the helicopter Yep, that's a good question. And when we go up and have a look at the aircraft, I'll show you. But basically, this one, the company I work for makes these loading systems. And the way this one works, works on like a turntable. So if you think of like the stretcher being on a center turntable that can lock, when we unlock it, we can slide it and turn it so that we can angle it out of the helicopter at about a 45-degree angle. And then the gurney or the stretcher slides right on top of it. That's really cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a really good loading system. How much fuel do they carry? Um, This one, at its very maximum, will carry about 143 gallons of fuel. Now, on any normal day, though, because weight's really important when you're flying, you don't want to be too heavy, particularly if you're going in the mountains. Because the heavier it is, the more power you need, etc., to take off. So we generally only carry uh, about half of that, which is gives us, you know, we can carry 75 gallons to 90 gallons normally, rather than that full 143. That gives us, you know, somewhere around an hour and 45 to two hours of fuel on board. That's what we normally carry on. A How much day. would? 143 gallons how long would you be, have to be up in there can I ask you a question yeah well, 45 gallons an hour we burn 45 gallons oh. an hour <laughs> so that would so be it's about, about three and a half hours yeah <laughs> so we could fly if we topped it right off and we have to keep a little bit in reserve for emergencies we have to have a 30 minute reserve so we could fly a little over three hours before we have to refuel. But again, that would make the aircraft too heavy for what we do, picking up patients and things like that. But if we needed to move the helicopter into another state or something, sometimes we ferry these aircraft a long way for our parent company, then we would top it right off because it's just me in it. Okay. Um, do, you ha- do you go into, like, ski resorts for injuries? Yep. Yep, absolutely. We have this helicopter here, and we also have another. We actually have going to have six helicopters in the state of Colorado here very soon. We've got five working at the moment. We have one here in Denver. We have one up at Summit County, up at Frisco. Yeah. So they tend to do a lot of the the first call into the ski resorts there, yeah. but we back them up. So we quite often go up, you know, to the ski resorts even from here to help people out. How far do you normally go from Denver for stuff? Normally we don't really go very far, but we can go quite a long way. So a long flight for us from here, we might go up to Cheyenne in Wyoming, or we might go uh, Glenwood Springs over in the mountains. Um, You know, we've been all the way nearly the Kansas border, all the way down the New Mexico border. So we do cross the state lines, but... Most of the time, if it's a really long flight like that, we'll send one of the airplanes instead. What are the sizes of the airplanes? The airplanes that Flight for Life use, they have uh, King Air, 
aeroplanes. They're, they're pretty big. Um, you know, there's lots of pictures on the wall here, but they're pretty big. They're a twin engine and they're a turboprop. So they have propellers, but it's a jet engine that drives them. So they would seat, a King Air would probably seat like 12 people. And then we also have a Learjet. And the Learjet's about the same size, but it's a jet aircraft. So it doesn't have propellers, so, yeah. but it's much faster and has a pretty long range. We've even, the aeroplanes, we've even had them go down to Mexico, um, down to the Caribbean um, to help to bring people back up to, to Denver at times. How long of a runway do that do the planes need to take off? Um, they can take off and land on most runways. The Learjet needs a little bit longer than the King Air. Um, as far as exact distance, that depends on the day too and how heavy they are. Because if you're heavier, you've got to get a bit more of a run-up to get off the ground. So some days it's a little different from others. But they, they stay at usually the major airports, but the King Airs can get into some pretty small small town type airports too. Is it the same length for um, landing that they need? Yeah, generally, you know, I don't fly these aircrafts, I can't tell you exactly, but um, yeah, generally take off and landing, they need about the same. Do they always bring people here or do they bring them to other hospitals? We take them to whichever hospital is appropriate for their injuries. So if someone has a car accident and they have a bad head injury, for instance, and there's a hospital closer than this one that can treat that, what's important is getting the patient as quickly as possible to the best medical, you know, that they can get. So sometimes we take them to other hospitals, um, sometimes we bring them here, depending on, you know, what's closest. How many people can the helicopter carry compared to the planes? We generally only do one patient. We can only do one patient at a time in the helicopter. And I am the pilot, and then I have a nurse and a paramedic come along with me. So with the patient, that's four people. That's the most we generally carry. Sometimes um, we will take a, say it's a young child and mum wants to come along. If we can accommodate them, we will. So the most we would ever have in there would be five the planes are a little bigger, but again, they have weight issues and fuel issues, just like the helicopters. So they generally keep it, generally one patient, and sometimes they'll bring a relative or you know a friend along if that if that seems appropriate. How long are the blades on the helicopter? The blades, boy, you're really testing me now. <laughs> the blades on the helicopter. Oh, we might have to go up and have a look at it, but. Uh, I'm trying to think now. I think it's uh, 35 feet from tip to tip, so each blade would be around 15, 16 feet long. I haven't had to answer that one in a long time. I need to look that up. How long is your the tail of the helicopter? Mm-hmm. How long is that, and how like how wide is it? Because I've been on another helicopter, mm-hmm. and it was it was a really big one. And is it like a skinny one or a fat one? This is, yeah, some of the helicopters, again, it's kind of like the rotor blades. Depending on how big they are, they generally need bigger blades to lift them off the ground because all the blades are is a wing. So they need a bigger wing to lift them off the ground. Our one is pretty standard. They're about, the whole thing, they're about three feet each, so a little over six feet in total, and they're probably about five inches wide.
So in here, or in here is our communication centre. So these are the hardest working ladies in the, on the world. <laughs> oh, I didn't have time to put my feet up. <laughs> Just they're interviewing the best pilot in the world. Well, yeah, exactly. I'll go get him if you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just showing them around. So these ladies answer the phone. So say a fire, there's an accident, the fire department gets here and says, we need a helicopter. They'll call these ladies, and these ladies will go, yep, we've got a helicopter available. They'll call me and ask me if I can go there, so I have to check weather and things like that. If I've got enough fuel, that sort of thing, and then if we can, off we go. And then I talk to them on the radio. What are the screens with all the cameras? Those are all of our airports and helicopter races. So remember I told you we had five helicopters? So the, the ladies are able to watch and see where they are taking off and things like that. So. This year is our airport in Durango. There's air, there's air fixed, like, like that kind of airplane in Durango. Yeah. That's one of our King Airs. That's in the Centennial Airport. This here is um, Pueblo. This is St. Mary Corps in the Lifeguard 4. This here is Lifeguard 3. It's actually this, the one pass here that kind of looked the same. But this one is actually on this side. They switch it around side. So that's Lifeguard 3 in Colorado Springs at St. Francis Medical Center. And so is that. Because we, we can park. It's a huge old pad. It's kind of like yeah. this here. But we can even park helicopters in the grass. So we, I, think that, I think we've had four helicopters down there during meetings, all parked in the grass and on the pad. It's a big place down there. And this is uh, Lifeguard 2. Um, in Summit County, it's the highest uh, elevation air medical base in the United States. That's it's cool. like 92, isn't it? 9,200? 9, 9, yeah, it's 9,200. Yeah, 9,200. In this little, uh, this little garage right here, we keep an eight, like our orange ambulances out front here. Yeah. Well, when the weather's really bad and the helicopter can't fly, then our team jumps in the ambulance and they can still go to uh, provide critical care transport to people that are in the mountain areas. And they can come down to the hospital in um, Denver or wherever they need to go. That's cool. So they have their own little ambulance. This here is this helicopter that usually goes here. He, he's getting some maintenance done. Mm -hmm. So um, this, this, is, this is our regular lifeguard one. This is at St. Anthony North uh, Hospital up by Westminster. Okay. And that's where we have, there used to be a hospital now. Now there's just an emergency room. But we, keep, we have our fuel and our maintenance bay up there. So our helicopters go there for maintenance. That's cool. And we're going to go take him up to the air one. Oh, yeah. So this, you'll come up the elevator and come into this room here. And you can see the door on the far side. Yeah. The door leads out to that little oh, walkway yes. right to the helipad. So that that's top right corner is where we're going to go now. And this is Centennial Airport, one of our airplanes at Centennial Airport. That's down there uh, sure. south side of town. That's cool. Yeah. All right, we'll go up and see the aircraft. Yeah, yeah that's the best part. Thanks, Bye. guys. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. I, my depth I perception is terrible. 15 feet or so? Yeah. What's that generator thing? On the ground there? Yeah. That's a big battery pack. That just helps us start the helicopter. We don't really need it, but it's like an extra battery. Like if you jump start a car, have you ever yeah. seen that done? Kind of does something similar to that. Is that a fire extinguisher yep, over there? that's a fire extinguisher there. That's the biggest fire 
the second biggest fire extinguisher <laughs> I've ever seen. How many lights on the side are there and why? Oh, I don't know, there's lots and lots of lights. There's spotlights and there's colored lights. Why right there? Those are like lighter colored than those. Yeah, why so is that, that? That's to designate there's two landing pads here so you can yeah. tell the difference. One's got green lights, one's got blue lights. And are those like spotlights? Yeah, they're big spotlights and they're aimed down so that they don't shine into the pilot's eyes when we're coming in to land. So this pad here is a parking pad. So we stay here because we're based here. But other helicopters do come in here with patients so they can land on that pad. And there's actually another pad down on the ground down near the road as well. So we can have three helicopters here at any time. But this is our base, so we are always here on this pad. You know, we carry survival gear and things like that, so we have a couple of storage areas. The engine's up in underneath those cowlings. Yeah, so nurse and paramedic are back here. You can see there's not a lot of room, but they're able to do a lot of things back here. Is this oxygen for, like, an emergency? or no, is it for this one is actually for me. So when we fly up at high altitudes, because the air's so thin... I need to be on oxygen so that I, you know, can think clearly, that sort of thing. It just helps you breathe better. So that one's for me, and then there's a big oxygen bottle uh, back inside the helicopter, and you can see up there the green panels. Yeah. That's for medical oxygen for the patients. How many things are on the helmet, and what do they all do? So the helmet, obviously, is for safety. Yeah. Okay, and then in here you can see the, head, like, headphones, so they're yeah. the speakers. And then here you have a microphone to talk. So you see how they plug in. Yeah. So we can talk to each other while we're flying because it's very loud in the helicopter. Yeah. Plus we can talk on different radios. And then some of the people have little lights on there for nighttime, have little lip lights so they can sure. see what they're writing or what they need to read. Are these like... Um, yep, there's visors things? on there. So the visors are to protect your eyes. Yeah. And the shade, so you don't have to wear sunglasses. So that's a shaded one. And then we have clear ones as well. So we always have our visors down in the daytime. Just in case you could get a bird fly through the wind, hit the windscreen and come in and you don't want to get, you know, hurt, damage to your face, get any injuries. What's that control panel up there for? That's a radio panel. So that's their radio panel in the back. So we can be talking on, gee, you know, five different radios at once. So we have aviation frequencies, we have radios to the firemen or the ambulance on the ground we have a satellite phone we have our radio to the ladies that you met upstairs the communication yeah. center so there's a big panel there to control all that you want to go around and look at the loading side show you how they load yeah. up the patients It's just uh, tubing in the summertime when it gets really hot we can put an air conditioning unit out here and we run the tube in to keep the aircraft cool. And in the winter months we put a heater in there because they carry a lot of medications and fluids in there and we can't let them freeze and we can't let them get too hot. Yeah. So here normally all this is all the medical bags and things. Normally, if we go get a patient, they take all these bags off. Okay, so we swing yeah. that out to here. They take all these bags off, and then we can pull this off. That's go cool. Go put the patient on top. When we come back, all we do need to do is slide it back on again. That's really cool. Yeah. And it just sits right there? 
Yeah, they just lay right there, and one of the medical people sits on this seat, and their head, their head will be right in front of them if they need to do anything to help them. Why are there the safety vests here? So, you know, a lot of times we have to go and, uh, you know, go to car accidents and things. Yeah. And particularly at night time, we might be standing out on the road, like a police officer would yeah. do. So we have reflective vests, just like them, so that... You know, we're not involved in that action, so people can see us. What are these, like, anchors on the ground? They're tie-down points. If we needed to anchor the aircraft in really high winds or bad storms, we could anchor them to there. Can the blades, like, turn in? No, Is these it... ones don't fold. So you might have seen on, like, some military and some of the helicopters I've flown, severe ones, they're able to fold the blades yeah. so that you can get them in and, you know, push them into a narrow hangar or somewhere. The, these ones don't do that. They're fixed. What are the pins up there for under, like they're directly under, on the from the? Look like a big there. diaper pin. Is that what you're looking at? Yeah. So they're just the two. There's two big pins that actually hold that blade onto the the mast up onto the road ahead there. So those two pins are sticking out, and then that's just like a safety cotter pin. It's a very large retaining pin that goes through them, just to make sure those pins can't work their way out. What are some of the really, like, crazy accidents you've been to? Oh, gee. Uh, I've been to a lot of really crazy accidents. Motorbikes, trucks, cars. People have fallen. Boulders fallen on people. Um, people accidentally shot themselves, stabbed themselves. Like I said, I've been doing this about 12 years, and I haven't seen everything. But I've seen a lot. <laughs> Been to some pretty crazy things. People falling off horses, people got stampeded by horses. I mean, I've seen a lot. <laughs> What's, like, your most unfavorite thing about the, your job? Unfavorite thing? Yeah. Hmm. Gee, that's a hard one. My unfavorite thing about this job. I don't know. I'd really have to think. I really enjoy my job. <laughs> Sometimes the weather's just marginal and making that decision on whether to go or not can be difficult uh, particularly when you know that there's somebody's life might be at stake and you, you need to help them but that's where you have to be very disciplined and say well I'm not going to put my life or the life of the crew at risk and that's a difficult decision to make sometimes but we have to be safe that's the primary thing is that we stay safe and we don't become patients ourselves how many antennas does the helicopter have? Too many antennas. <laughs> it's got a lot of antennas. And do not ask me what each one's for, because that's really difficult. There's at least six, seven antennas on this thing for GPSs, all those different radios, satellite phones. There's so many antennas. <laughs> what are these for? Are they for landing on snow? What do they look like to you? Probably just landing on snow. Yeah. So what do they look like? Uh, big snowboards. Skis. So they're skis for the pad. Now, we don't go skiing in the helicopter, but yes, they're for landing on really soft, powdery snow to stop the helicopter sinking in. Because the helicopter's pretty heavy. It's nearly 5,000 pounds with everything on it. It's pretty close to 5,000 pounds, two and a half tons. So you can imagine that's going to sink in the snow pretty quickly. So the skis just help distribute that weight so we can land in softer snow. How do you like, get them off? How do they raise the helicopter off so that um, they can That's a good them question. Off? They have like a, 
a big hoist they actually put under the helicopter mm-hmm. and it connects to the skids. See those big bolts on the skids? Yeah. They have little arms that come down and connect to those and then they lift it all up and they lift the whole helicopter up off the ground. Like a jack, you know, if you have to change the car, the yeah. tyre on a car. Kind of like that. But it lifts the whole helicopter up and they can undo them. What's the coolest thing about, like, not about the actual, like, not its abilities, but just how it's designed? How it feels? Yeah. Like, what's your favorite thing about that? It's a really cool feeling being able to fly and control something like this. Just that sense of being so high above the ground and kind of that, almost like being on a ride, a roller coaster or something like that. Just that fun of being able to do the turns and go up and down. It's a really great sensation. I like it a lot. What's that, like, cable thing right at the end, towards the end right there? This one? Yeah. That's just a drain. So that comes down, the engine sits up here. Yeah. And if we get water or snow in there that melts in that, there's a little, like a drain in the bathtub. Yeah. So all the water would come down here and it would just run out. That's cool. Is that an antenna or like a Yes, that's an antenna too. <laughs> that's the strangest looking antenna I've There's ever seen. a lot of strange antennas. <laughs> are, are most of these side compartments storage or are they yep. for en- the stuff no, so for the, the engine? The engine's up in the, that's the engine, this is the transmission that drives the blades are up in yeah. there and these are all storage down lower. What do you normally store in them? I'll show you. So this one, we have survival bags in there. So if we have to land way up in the mountains and say the helicopter breaks down, we can't get out of there again. We have survival bags, sleeping bags, tents, things like that, just in case. What's in the orange bag? Snowshoes. Have you ever had to use any of it? Uh, Well, we trained to use it, but have never had to use it in a real situation, which is a good thing. (laughs) Who's your air traffic control? Um, that depends where you fly. Air traffic controllers are usually around the bigger airports. So, you know, Centennial Airport here and, say, Metro Airport up near Boulder there. Yeah. Those ones have towers with air traffic controllers. But they only control the area around their airport. You know, yeah. usually out to about five-mile radius, depending on how big the airport. Like DIA, it's a bit bigger, Denver International. Yeah. But if I take off here, I actually don't have to talk to an air traffic controller because we're in an uncontrolled airspace. But we talk on the radio, we say who we are and where we're going, just in case there's another helicopter or another plane out there, and we would talk to each other rather okay. than the air traffic controllers. What do you store on the other side? Is it medicine? No, all the medicines are generally in the aircraft themselves. Yeah. Um, they do carry some extra bags in one of the back compartments there with some extra equipment, like ventilation things for patients, stuff like that. But most of the medications are all ready to go in the aircraft. Is because once we're flying, they can't get out and get them. <laughs> is the, the one on like this on the other side the same, basically the same stuff? Or is it completely different? Well, let's go have a look. Come on. So there's nothing in there, is there? No, not really. <laughs> so this is your medical oxygen. Yeah. That's liquid oxygen, or LOX. So that's the oxygen that we uh, 
that goes through into the aircraft yeah. for the patients. That's cool. Yeah. That's about it. Everything else behind there is just all, you know, electrical components and things like that. What's this, like, the cord going in it to that? Is that just part of the charging system? This cord here? Yeah. That, a lot of the medical equipment yeah. is electrical. Yeah. And they need to keep it charged up. So they have batteries in them, but while they're on the ground, we plug this cord in and they plug into the helicopter. And it's just like plugging your phone into a charger at home. Well, that's charging all their medical equipment at the moment. So when we take off, obviously we disconnect all this, but all their medical equipment's all charged up and ready to go. And then this one, like I said before, this is a big battery pack. It's like jump-starting your car. And it just makes it faster? Just makes it faster for starting the aircraft. We don't need it but it just saves the battery on the aircraft. Because we're out flying 2 a.m. in the morning and it's minus 20 degrees, the batteries don't last long. So we use this whenever we can to help preserve our battery. Where do the cords run? Do they just run to a normal outlet or yeah, is it a more... Just run over. There's a whole bunch of outlets out there. You just run there just like you would at your house or your garage. Yeah, that's all I can think of. You thought of a lot. You did a great job. <laughs> Although one question, are the blades like really sharp? Like if they're not moving or are they just No, dull? they're not sharp, so have a look at the tail rotor. Actually like a wing. Yeah. So they're creating even this one creates lift but it does it sideways, that's yeah. why it's mounted sideways. But you can feel it's not sharp. Yeah. But this moves so fast that it, it really sharp. Cut you in half like that. So why a helicopter's running, never approach it and especially never come to the back. This is the most dangerous part. You can't that's spinning so fast it's just a blur. It will hurt you very badly. What is that right here, like that? This thing here? Yeah. It's just called a stinger. Why do you think it's called a stinger? Uh, I'm not sure. What's it look like? A stinger. But what does a it do? A stinger on what? A bee. There you go. So that's why it's called a stinger. So it looks like a stinger. Yeah. But what it's actually there for, if I'm landing the helicopter and I have the tail down, we want this to touch first to let me know I'm getting too close to the ground. We tried never to do that, but that would be the first indicator for me that, oh, I'm a little low in the tail. How many, like, warning lights, like the red and green lights, are there actually on, like, on the thing? There's a whole panel of them up there, and there's probably 20 lights up there. And some of them are red, some of them are yellow, some of them are white. And depending what colour they are, kind of tells me initially how bad the problem is. Red light's really bad. Yeah. Yellow lights are kind of telling me there's, uh, they're cautionary, that something's not quite right. And then there's advisory lights. They're normally white or blue. And that's just telling me that maybe I've left a light on or something like that, like a landing light telling me it's on. So they're all kind of color-coded too. And then some of the major ones also have a horn that goes off. That's a really bad one, like the engine stopped. On the outside, there's white... I know there's white, green, and red lights, but what are are there other colors that no, are... No, that's standard. They're called position lights. Yeah. So on every aircraft, just like on a ship, they're color-coded to tell you what side you're looking at. So as we're facing forward, if, like, sitting in the pilot seat, the red light is always on my left, the green light is always on the right, and the white light is always on the tail. So at night time, if I saw a red and a white light only, what would that tell me? You would be approaching something from right there. That's right. So if I was looking, I saw I'm looking at the left tail of that aircraft, 
and he's probably going away from me. Now, if I just saw a red and a green light and no white light, what, what am I looking at? The front. So he's coming at me. So that's just the way that we can tell at a distance, go, oh, he's coming at me or he's going away from me and things like that. So they're position or navigation lights. So you should call them navigation lights on ships. Do you ever use the term starboard and port on the helicopter or do you not use No, that? we tend to use, say, right and left, but you're correct on a ship. The left side is the, port. is the port side, and the green side is the starboard side, and that's how they would recognize the lights. I can't think of anything else. Okay. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, buddy. Good job. Lots of good questions here, mate. <laughs> ground standby for Golden. Um, Jess, you doing anything? Do you mind escorting them back now that I have a standby? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> right. Go do your standby So thing. I might have to leave. All right, guys, I, I better go Thank get you. ready. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Yeah, no problem. All right. So long for now, this is Truck, and we'll see you at the next show.